You're listening to World of Empowerment Radio. Your station for practical spirituality in a changing world. And here are your hosts, Angel Rose and Ahanu. You are very welcome. I am Ahanu and this is Angel Rose. And today we are going into part two of our interview with Penny Kelly. And Angel Rose had a great time last week getting answers to some big questions. And we've had great feedback from our listeners because everybody loves Penny Kelly. And we've had great feedback over the years from the different interviews we've done with her. And we covered some very interesting subjects. So today we're going into... Tell us, Angelos, give us an idea of what we're going to cover today, the kinds of questions. Well, we're going to pick Penny's brain about consciousness itself, about how to walk between the worlds and how to be in, uh, you know, really go beyond the boundaries of the physical world and expand the consciousness and come into our true power as who we really are. Right. And we want to talk about Christ consciousness and right. reincarnation and various things like what we're doing on the planet right here, right now, and all mm -hmm. of that. So... Stay, Stay tuned. tuned. We you got don't want to miss this. We got good stuff coming up. So welcome back, Penny Kelly. We're so glad to have you with us again this week. And springboarding from our last session, I want to talk more this week about consciousness itself as it relates also to the evolution that you perceive us going into, not only planetarily, but personally. And what's made me do this is that it's becoming increasingly uh, more aware to me uh, that the universe is in our minds. And I know you're somebody who has the ability to be in multi-levels of lucid dreams at the same time. Um, you can go out of your body. You can visit your, your, your parents on the other side as if you were really there. And maybe you are really there. And having just lost my own mom, and also being able to connect with her through the Akashic Records since she's been gone. You know, I'm aware that I can see her, where she is and what she's doing. But in terms of the ability to, let's say, walk between the worlds literally, I'm very interested in how does that, how does that happen? How does that ability happen? Because... I'm also at a place where I've always believed in physical immortality. I've also always believed that we were meant to live forever. I'm really exploring the uh, clearing of the unconscious death urge now. And even uh, we just published a book for a man who's a breatharian. So a lot of these things um, to me have always led me to my own personal evolution, which is to ascend in a light being, as you have described. I don't know if I'll make it this lifetime or not, but I certainly want my consciousness to go as far as it possibly can in that direction. So I think how I would like to start this is how do you, Penny, literally get your consciousness to be able to go beyond the perceived boundaries of the physical world and explore other realities. Wow, that's a, that's a whole lecture all by itself. <laughs> um, 
But let me say, let me try to bring that down to a, a statement that people can begin to ponder. Okay, um, anytime you quote unquote go out of body, have a vision, get an auditory message, uh, walk between the worlds, visit the people who have already passed on, visit other dimensions, blah, blah, blah. All of that is due to one thing, the ability to displace consciousness. So, let, and what you displace your consciousness from is your usual frequency set of information, and you displace it over to another frequency set that may be just a little different or could be vastly different. So it's really important to understand that um, it isn't necessary to really go anywhere, physically go anywhere, although that is possible. You can dissolve your physical body or more, what more likely happens is that you use your capacity to generate another body for use in that other world or that other place or that other reality system, uh, et cetera, et cetera. So the way, once you understand how the brain actually works, it becomes so easy to see how a vision occurs or how the perception that you are in another world occurs. Because, you know, if you, if you cut somebody's head open, cut their brain open, and look inside, it, it doesn't contain a house and a cat and a car and a spouse and, you know, money, etc. Mm-hmm. If it doesn't contain those things, then what is in the brain that makes it possible for that brain to, um, to see and to experience and interact with those things? And what it comes down to is that the brain is a, a bunch of layers of brain tissue held apart by these little tiny columns and these columns, each one is attuned to, or um, I, I guess attuned to is the best word. Each one of those columns is attuned to a single specific frequency of light in the occipital lobe, which is the lobe that deals with light, or of sound in the auditory lobe, which, you know, deals with hearing, or, or, or the future in the frontal lobe. Um, or other places in the prefrontal lobe, the, all of those columns are triggered every time you see, let's just, I use a cat in my classes. When you see a cat, what you see is a whole bunch of light being reflected off this moving form, and that triggers the activation of all those columns that have been imprinted with the set of frequencies coming off of a cat, light frequencies and chemical frequencies for the nose and auditory frequencies, you know, for the meow, that kind of thing. And and it's that way with everything. So now if you can then loosen your attachment to the belief that everything is physical when it's really just a bunch of frequencies and practice allowing 
something over there to trigger the perceptions, you know, to trigger the light and the sound and the auditory uh, frequencies of another realm or another place or, you know, your home, the home you grew up in is very easy to trigger. Um, what you have is a full-blown visual, auditory, and kinesthetic experience of that place in the same way that you would have it if you were looking at it with your eyes and your ears and your nose, you know, here in the physical, in, in, the, in what I call the local area. So what you learn to do eventually is to displace your consciousness, give it direction, because it follows direction. It's going to do just what you tell it to do. And you have to be patient enough to allow those pictures uh, to be imprinted and then to be able to form and to be able to become whole because a lot of times people just get a little touch of this vision or a little taste of, of something or, you know, a little, little half of a message. I thought I heard somebody say, somebody said something. Mm-hmm. You know, that, those are the kinds of things that you hear from beginners. And what happens with Kundalini is that you are, you're blown wide open and you literally get rewired for all of reality all, everything that exists. And now it becomes very easy to displace consciousness. And then when you, uh, there's a secondary factor besides the displacement, and that is that we create a new body for every situation that we encounter. And it may be just a flimsy, momentary little thing, but by gosh, what you are doing is, um, you know, I I sometimes use some French words <laughs> and say you're literally pissing away energy when you are creating these other bodies. And those other bodies may have totally different characteristics. Mm. One's allergic to something, the other one isn't. One needs glasses, another one doesn't. Mm. And the DNA of each one of those bodies is different. And so... So, and that has just been verified. I just read, and I should have saved it, um, but I just read that they have done some tests showing that when you um, take a multiple personality and you do, you do a DNA test for each one of those personalities, they yeah. each have different DNA. Isn't that amazing to even comprehend that? Yeah, yeah. We are the most fluid a creative, powerful beings you can imagine. And we get, you know, we come here and we have this very rigid, religious, uh, social, political, governmental, educational experience, and we think this is all there is. Mm -hmm. And it's not. It's not even the tip of the iceberg. It's like a little tiny molecule on the tip of an entire galaxy. Oh, yeah. Is that clear, you know, how you, how you walk between the worlds, how you use consciousness? You practice putting it in different places, and you let those columns be imprinted with information, and you do that over and over, and then all of a sudden one day it's a full-blown experience. And the more you do that, 
the more real it becomes. When I say real, I mean um, literally. There have been worlds that I have walked in and I have run my hands over the tables or over my clothing and thought, wow, mm. this is entirely real. Well, it leads me to ask a follow-on question to that, Penny. Mm -hmm. And you mentioned last week when we were discussing about uh, Egypt, I think it was, when we were talking about people incarnating here on Earth. And you, you mentioned, in fact, that um, physical reality is a teaching system and that we were here to learn, but there was other purposes to it. But what I want to know is, if we all have this ability that you've just described to displace consciousness and create bodies and realities and so on, why would so many people be doing that to, to be on Earth right now? And in other words, like the population of the Earth is exploding, as we know. And so why would they all want to be here right now? Why would they be displacing um, consciousness and creating a body to be here on Earth? Yeah, that, it, that concentration of, of people is really a concentration of energy. And everybody on the planet right now is here for one thing and one thing only. And this is something the robe said to me. They are here because they know that the transition to Christ consciousness is going to be taught and they want to be part of that. Right. right. I didn't really understand what Christ consciousness was. But over the years, that has sunk in deeper and deeper. And, um, and they also said that there would have to be enough weight of consciousness consciousnesses, uh, to be able to make the transition, to be able to pull out of the old systems. And I didn't really understand that either at that time. And now I'm beginning to realize that if you have, uh, you know, 20 people in a reality system, that's not going to have a lot of umpa. It's not going to have much division in the people. You have to have enough people to generate enough diversity to teach one another that diversity is the key to creation. So at this point, I am really excited that we have so many people and some, some are struggling, some are suffering, you know, some don't have really what they need. Um, but all things considered, the weight of consciousness that is operational and coming into operation that will, it's kind of like a, a spring-loaded, uh, I don't know, like, what do you call those things that, clowns that pop out of the box? Oh, yeah, <laughs> you know? Jack in the box, yeah, yeah. But Jack in the box, yeah. It, it's kind of like that. There's going to come a moment when there'll be, um, what do you call it, the hundredth monkey effect right. kind of thing with consciousness, and all of a sudden, a lot of people are going to go, "Oh, I get it," and they will, regardless of what stage of development they're at, they're going to take a step or two or even three, and that doesn't happen very often. So that is something that is really being supported and nurtured. And there's a little bit of fall off in the birth rate in quite a few places. 
And so that was one of the signs that the robe said, when the birth rate begins to fall, you will know that the spring is about to pop. Hmm. So I'm looking at that going, okay, what are we going to see here? So I'm kind of excited. I'm kind of waiting. I'm kind of apprehensive at times. It looks so messy. It just looks so messy. It does. And how would you describe uh, Christ consciousness? Um, it is the full power of consciousness. It's being able to um, utilize or to, oh, I'm not sure I'm going to say this right. It's the ability to utilize or to have full access to all the power that is built into the system of the humanoid. Okay. That power, you know, I've often used the, uh, the description of we are acorns. And we have this tremendous oak tree built in that is ageless and timeless and full of power and has no limitations. And that is, we have to get to, we have to get to that. Mm -hmm. We have to begin to unfold that oak tree. And there's a lot of people still mucking around in the dirt, trying to decide whether they're going to sprout or not. Right. Now, you you started off certainly last week and a little bit of today painting a grim picture you know when you talked last week for example about environmental destruction and the breakup of the usa and all of that that it might seem you were a prophet of doom and that you were painting a very negative outcome for humanity but what i hear you saying though is that these are just symptoms of uh, change of progression of growth some kind of a growth and that the outcome is our our development our growth into christ consciousness am i right in, in understanding you that way yeah yeah you are you can't um remember when i i can't remember if i said it earlier um in this conversation or if i said it last week but the the whole thing is about you cannot make that leap if you don't have a challenge that makes you aware that you need to make that leap. Right. And so if you don't, if you're in a place where everything is beauty and light and love, people just float on endlessly and make very little change. They come to a physical system in order to force a core change in themselves. Right. So here we are. So what happens, Penny, when you do get to the point where, you know, there are no boundaries, let's just say, in your consciousness to anything, where you're, you're aware of your power, you're aware that uh, you have limitless ability to experience anything, be anywhere, do anything. And, you know, well, Source has always told me that if you had to put it in terms of a planetary evolution, it would be like going from the solar plexus chakra to the heart in terms of we have an issue with power. You know, we don't understand it. We misuse it. We don't understand what real power is in terms of being harmless, using your power in harmless ways where you absolutely don't have a desire to harm anything. And um, so I, to me, I can see that we're still in the power struggle place you know where people are still not even aware of their own power and we're watching abuse of power everywhere 
So to me, that's kind of where we seem to be um, trying to get clear with uh, in terms of people on the planet. And I can see, uh, you know, the runes, there's a, um, a rune that is one of its lessons is to consider the uses of adversity, right? So that seems, that seems to be what you're saying, that we're going through adversity in order to kind of wake us up and force us to make a choice. Is that correct? That's, that's true. And, you know, your question that you asked right at the beginning there was, um, what, what do you do? What happens when you get to the point of power? And it's all there. It's all available to you. The thing that happens is you begin to change the way you use your consciousness, the way you use your power. And and so for a long time, you know, when I was putting all this together and I would run into the same thing, which I think I mentioned way back maybe a couple of years ago when we were talking, I would talk to people here and they would say, I'm offending, I'm out of here. And, and then I'd talk to people who were already dead or on the other side, and they were lined up trying to get back here and fussing about the slow birth rate happening in places where they wanted to go. <laughs> right. Yes. So it was like, what's wrong with this picture? And it, it became, you know, I had some conversations with people, and including some really advanced beings on the other side, and they said, the, you know, the whole thing is about coming into your power, so, so I thought, okay, it's not about ascending. It's not about getting out of here. What is it about? Mm -hmm. What yes. do you do with that power? And it dawned on me uh, one day in just a very clear, simple way, you use it here to change this reality. That is the next stage of development is when you take on the changing of an entire system. Mm -hmm. whether that be a civilizational system or a reality system. Right. So you take it on and you decide, I'm going to change the world. Now that starts out with you, you know, a lot of people start out with, let me just get a parking spot close to the building. Yeah, <laughs> you know? yeah, yeah. But it very quickly becomes very intentional, very focused, and very deliberate, um, behaviors and words and interactions that are designed to make a difference in people's lives, whether it's one-on-one -on -one or one-on-500 or one-on-10,000. Right. The goal is I'm, I'm going to change people's lives. Right. And you have to trust your own love mm -hmm. in order to do that. Love is an honest response. Right. Love is an honest response. Wow. Now, uh, Penny. Yeah. Uh, you know, <laughs> we have great discussions amongst ourselves and on our podcasts and YouTube videos and so on about time. And I want this, this unfortunately has to be our last question in our interview with you today about time. Uh, you did say at the beginning of our discussions that you felt we were running out of time. In the bigger scheme of things, when you say time, do you mean like a year, 10 years, 100 years, 1,000 years? Like what kind of time do we have on planet Earth for this transition to Christ consciousness to take place? Um, I'm going to 
say that uh, it comes in a couple stages. The timing for a lot of people is going to be over the next three to four years. Right. Um, those who make it through and who are still here and still working will have another window that lasts about eight years to about 2030. And then there's another stage in which the focus changes. Um, and the goal is not to grow up, you know, get a good education and get a job and make as much money as you can. It's to develop the self uh, as far, as deeply, as powerfully as you possibly can. And so that then leads to a global um, shift, I guess I'll call it, toward targeting the right kinds of goals, which are the Christ, the further uh, development of Christ consciousness. Because Christ consciousness does not just pop in all at one time. It's an evolutionary developmental process in which you come into your power and then you learn how to use it and, and, and then you, you gather more power and in the meantime, you are learning to sustain the self and all of that becomes very, very, um, it, it all works together. It's amazing how when I started, I thought Christ consciousness was something that if the priest just stood over you and, and said, you know, I bless you, my child, and you are now Christ, yes. uh, it, magic would happen. Well, that doesn't happen. I, and it was through some of my own uh, friends in other places who said, no, um, Christ consciousness is a developmental thing. You start, and the end goal is an eternal being. Along the way, you purify yourself. And I was like, ah, purify how? Yeah. Okay, well, purif you know, purity means that you do no harm. Your intention is always do no harm. Right. And that becomes a way of life, and that encompasses every blade of grass, mm -hmm. every, you know, there have been times when I've been reluctant to walk across the grass. Uh, what might I squish yes. uh, accidentally? by walking across the grass and I, you know, it's just that kind of consciousness. You will have to send a message out and say, I'm, I'm coming mm. <laughs> and hope they get out of the way. Right. And that's where you allow others the responsibility of their own choices. And, hey, just, uh, just let me ask you this too, before we go is what is your okay. opinion about food in general? Because, what you just talked about in terms of do no harm, um, you know, I, I, among other people, probably are in the same sort of a conflict, you know. Uh, well, I'm not going to eat meat anymore because I don't want to kill an animal. But then again, plants scream when you pick them. And so being a vegetarian doesn't fix that problem either. And so what, what are your thoughts about all that? Um. Well, it, it, two things. Number one, if you have to eat in order to stay alive long enough to become a Christ consciousness and an eternal being, then you do that eating with great humility and gratitude. And you align with that water or that food or whatever it is before you put it in your mouth. You talk to it and then you give it like 
10 minutes to make its transition into something that is in alignment with your body because it will do that. That's the, the great joy of a plant is if I'm going to be eaten, I want to do good in the being that is eating me. Right. And and so most food that we eat in the United States today is pretty much poison. It does not nurture the energy body at all. Mm. And there's, you know, that's another whole lecture all by itself. Yeah. Yeah. And the body is an electronic thing. It's a frequency thing. And so when you um, do things that take its frequency down to into the toilet, then you're going to pay with early death all kinds of pains, aches, diseases, problems, et cetera, et cetera. Mm. Um, and so the, the whole thing about food is you eat if you have to eat, yes. And I do have a friend right here in Kalamazoo who I think three or four years ago now, he just decided, eh, I'm not going to eat anymore. And he quit. Right. And he's, here he is, you know. He's yeah. a fabulous artist. And he is busy doing life without food. Right. And doesn't, I mean, he looks the same as he did before. He didn't lose any weight. Mm -hmm. He didn't get any diseases. It was just one of those momentary, yep, I think I'm going to go with my inner prompting. Mm -hmm. and, and here he is. Well, we will put um, a link to that book that we've just published down below for people to get hold of it. It's called A Year Without Food by Ray Mayor. And it will be a good starting point, I think, for people to get kind of background information on what it is that yeah. you're talking about. But unfortunately, Penny, we do have to call it a day. And we would, we, we would continue to talk to you for hours and days on end because there are so much that we need to explore. We're going to have to go back to making it a monthly thing. We are, because we got such a kick. And I know our listeners got such a kick and benefit from all of the interviews that we did over the last few years. But th there's one other little thing I missed in the conversation today and that was a quotation where you said love is an honest something and I missed it but it was very important. Love is an honest response. Response, right. Now let me use that as uh, by way of a segue into our close because you gave some beautiful gems of wisdom in your discussion today where you said First of all, that physical reality is a teaching system. And then you said grace is the ability to work an energy system with ease. And that everyone is here for the transition into Christ consciousness. And Angel Rose asked you about Christ consciousness. And you said it was the ability to utilize all the power in the human system. And that the end goal of Christ consciousness is an eternal being. And then we came to the conclusion at the end where we were talking about food and you said to, if you must eat food, eat it with great gratitude. Now, one of the things you also spoke about when you spoke about the human in general was that we need to become very deliberate, very focused and very intentional in our thinking. And I think that's what we have done with this interview today because the answers that you gave to some of these questions that have been plaguing us and countless others, you have answered them very deliberately, very focused and with great intention. But it also leads me to make one little announcement. And that is that we're also transitioning, Angel Rose and I. We have spent the last 
three year, uh, th three years, no, the last six years actually, running the Honest to God series. And that's what we called it, the Honest to God series. And at this point now, we've done over 300 uh, podcast episodes and over 300 YouTube videos all about the expansion of consciousness. And you've been a great contributor to us in doing that. But now we're coming to the end of that and we're transitioning to our a podcast that we're calling by our own names called Angel Rose and Ahanu. And that will be, so this, in fact, this interview with you, Penny Kelly, is the last of the old guard. It's the last of the old era. We're transitioning into Christ consciousness is what we're doing. And it's such mm -hmm. a beautiful note on which to finish. I want to say wow. something first. Wow, congratulations. So, Penny, wow. before you go, please tell people how to get a hold of you. Also, can you briefly tell us your um, upcoming classes or online classes and what they're about? Uh, yeah, the best way, I have a new website. I think since the last time we talked, it's uh, www.consciousnessonfire.com. And you can still get there at pennykelly.com. Um, they both take you to the same place. But the site, if you type in pennykelly.com, it's going to take you to Consciousness on Fire. And people will say, I went to some place called Consciousness on Fire. It's like, yeah, yeah, that's it. So I have books for sale there on my website, and I have my first online um, class in intuition. And you can just click on the graphic that is that says, you know, Intuition 1. And by the course, then you get a whole bunch of lectures um, that get sent to you. They're recorded lectures, and then there's a couple of online, um, what I call voice-to-voice, -voice, face face-to-face meetings on Zoom that um, that we do as follow-up to the lectures. And um, and it's really, it's been quite the experience putting all that together. It has allowed me to reach people all over the world and to teach intuition all over the world so I'm loving it and um, I think I haven't written any new books instead I just worked on this course for the last two years are you still having your B&B &B? yes I'm still having my B&B &B. it is busy busy we closed it for the winter um, because we were so swamped this year from April until November but we closed it and we'll open up again March 1st so that has been very, very uh, busy and very active. Wow, super. Well, Penny, it's been a pleasure as always and a delight to have you with us. And we know oh, our listeners will sure. benefit hugely from listening to your wisdom. Thank you very much, Penny. Thank you and bless and you. Merry Christmas. And bye-bye for now. Bye-bye and Merry Christmas to you too. Take bye. care. Well, that was incredible, Ahano, and of course, it's going to bring forth more questions uh, from our listeners and from myself, and we will make a point to have Penny on more oh, yeah. often, more regularly. So do leave your comments at the bottom, tell yeah. us what you think, tell us what comes to your mind, and we hope that this will stimulate you in terms of your own personal evolution into the joyous being that you are. So until next time, thank you so much for being with us and for listening. And we look forward to coming back to you with our new program in the new year called Angel Rose and Ahanu. Bye. Bye-bye. You have been listening to Angel Rose and Ahanu on World of Empowerment Radio. 
your station for practical spirituality in a changing world.